Hello, this is Leslie Groff at Tensor, and this is Law to Fact. Today I'm speaking with First Lieutenant at USMC, Stephen Arango. Today I'm speaking with First Lieutenant USMC Stephen Arango, currently a federal law clerk for the United States District Judge Fernando Rodriguez Jr. I loved our conversation and I left learning about JAG Corps and what it's like to be a law student with a military background. We also talked about students who go to law school and then want a military background. And we talked about his work as a law student and his work with veterans returning to law school and college. His advice, though, goes way beyond just helping veterans and is a must-listen to for any student struggling with post-first semester blues. Officer Rongo is so enthusiastic and contributes his success to mentors. And by the way, he's willing to mentor any of you. I've posted his information on the liner notes. I know you'll really enjoy this discussion and connecting with Officer Stephen Rongo. You can help me, as always, by liking us on social media and subscribing to us on any platform on which you listen to us. And finally, if you're listening to us, chances are you are planning to take the bar exam. I'm offering you $100 off the Kaplan Bar Prep program. Go to www.captest.com and click on Bar. Enter code LESLIE100 at checkout and you'll receive $100 off. Here's my discussion with Officer Stephen Arango. Thanks for joining me. I'm so excited to have you. And the, a lot of students come to law school and they want to join the JAG Corps, JAG, um, Corps afterwards, or they come to law school having already served in the military. Tell me a little bit about you and your path to law school. Yeah, absolutely. So I went to undergraduate to Newberry College, which is a small school in Newberry, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I graduated from there and I went straight to the Marine Corps. So I went to officer candidate school, which is three months of fun training up in Quantico, Virginia, where the Marine Corps will either make you into a Marine or they will force you to wash out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough to make it through those three months of training, graduate and commission as a second lieutenant. Uh, uh, straight after that, I went directly to law school. I was actually a couple of days late to law school, uh, but the law school thought I had a pretty good excuse, so, so they let it slide. And um, once I got to law school, I stayed there and I was on reserve, but still in the Marine Corps as a lieutenant, so training and, and doing you know what I had to do on the side. But my main focus was obviously law school and uh, you know getting the job done there. That's great. And so once you graduated from law school, what did you what did you do then? So I just graduated back in May. I took the Florida bar exam and fortunately passed. I'm a member of the Florida bar too. Congratulations. Okay, awesome, <laughs> awesome. So I uh, got through that and then I'm clerking right now for a federal judge in the Southern District of Texas, Texas excuse me, um, U.S. District Judge Fernando Rodriguez Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got six more months clerking for him and then I'll head back to the Marine Corps on active duty around September of this year. Wow, that's exciting. Wonderful. And tell us a little bit, you do something called service to school. And I know that that is kind of organically grew out of your commitment to the military. Tell us a little bit about service to school. Yes, ma'am. So service to school is a, it's a wonderful organization. In fact, uh, a good friend and mentor of mine, Josh Fiveson, who is an appellate JAG in the U.S. Navy, he turned me on to it. And once I got involved, I just fell in love. So service to school they help transitioning veterans to apply to undergraduate institutions or uh, graduate schools such as law school or business school, and they help you from the get-go. So for applications, cover letters, resumes, uh, connecting you to alumni, you name it. Um, and I get to work with a lot of students and transitioning veterans through there. So I'm an ambassador for the law program and the undergraduate program. So 
I actually had a phone call earlier with uh, someone that's connected through service to school. He's a Marine. He's trans transitioning out of the Marine Corps, and he'll be attending law school in the fall. So had about a 45-minute conversation with him. And just talking about, he's already applied, which is a little bit of a unique situation. He's basically got everything done. Usually we start a little earlier in the process, but he was asking, you know, how to prepare for law school, what he needs to be thinking. He'd never heard of federal clerkships or clerkships in general. So it's just a great way to help veterans transition because the military world is a little different than the civilian world. And it's also a way for them to get connected, to have these mentors and so that they can set up their life and their professional goals in a, a streamlined way. That's that's a wonderful, wonderful program. You know, we, we do so many programs for different constituencies, and I think um, creating this program for um, servicemen is so important. How would servicemen go about, or, and women, I should say, service people, how, <laughs> how would they go about finding um, service to school? How do you do outreach? How, how can someone find you? Yes, ma'am. So you can just go to Google. It's service to school, service to school.com. Um, and they have a online kind of like a Google form. You put in your information, you know, whether you're applying to business school, law school, undergraduate, and they'll connect you to someone. Um, they're really great about getting back to you, you know, extremely quickly and they'll connect you to an ambassador. So for example, I'm a law school ambassador. So someone that might be transitioning out of the Marine Corps, although I've worked with airmen and, and other branches as well, it doesn't have to be Marine Corps, obviously, but someone that might be interested in you know, serving in the government. I've worked for the Pentagon, doing a federal clerkship, stuff like that. They try to match you with someone that would be a good fit. Um, and then we'll help you through the process. So I've helped uh, edit cover letters, resumes, personal statements, because the, one of the trickiest parts is service members have a ton of wonderful experience, but it doesn't always translate well on a resume. And so the big issues that I've seen for service members is taking that wonderful experience that they've gained and putting it through a filter so that civilian members can understand, wow, they have a lot of great experience. This does apply to law school, business school, or undergraduate, and they would be a great member of our community. And so it's really just ironing out that language and helping them, again, make that transition from the military world back to the civilian world. That That's wonderful. And you know, it's interesting, I guess, someone who is not involved in the military, I wouldn't think about kind of that language transition from being military to being non-military and, and, and speaking the language of admissions officers right. is not, you know, you think it's universal, but it's, it's not quite universal. Um, that's wonderful. And I, do, I just want to add, and I didn't say this in the beginning, congratulations to you to get a federal clerkship because that oh. is not easy to do. Thank um, you, ma'am. So that's really a, impressive. 150 applications, a lot of envelopes, a lot of stamps, uh, mm -hmm. but I had a lot of great mentors and friends and family help me and very blessed to have the opportunity. It's wonderful. And, and you point out, even though you may not have attended to, that you sent out 150 applications. That's what you need to do. If you want a federal clerkship, you kind of need to be willing to go where they want you. I have a student, well, we're up in New York, and I have a student who went to Mississippi for a federal clerkship. Yeah, That's absolutely. where he got his federal clerkship. No, absolutely. You have to be willing to, you know, everyone wants to work in DC. Everyone wants to work in San Diego, California. And that's great if you do, but don't be afraid to have a new life experience and live in some random city you've never heard of. You're going to make great friends. It's a great memory. And it's only one to two years of your life. It's not like you have to spend the rest of your life there. And again, it's something that's very unique to you and is going to make you a really well-rounded person. So be willing to, to go to those places that you may not have ever thought of, but it's going to provide a really great experience. Yeah. And I also think it's probably the single best thing you can put on your resume after 
good grades and law review and that kind of thing. But I actually, even before either of those, because you, you are engaged in resolving issues. And so mm -hmm. when you have to go out and argue, you understand how they're resolved. It's just a wonderful, wonderful experience. It is. And, and the amount of cases and law that you get to go over, I mean, I've worked on immigration cases, admiralty law, slip and fall cases, you know, huge tort actions. I mean, it's just this wide range of law that in law school, you know, obviously you get to take a lot of different classes, but they're very compartmentalized. Whereas your everyday job, I could have, you know, 10 different motions on constitutional law, administrative law, immigration, and they're just all over the place. So, I mean, it makes you think on your feet, research on your feet, write on your feet. And those are all incredible skills, whether you're going to a big law firm, to the military, wherever, it's going to transition extremely well. Yeah, that's amazing. So let's talk a little bit about your law school experience. What was it like for you having mm -hmm. gone to um, officer training camps? That how you say um, officer, officer candidate school. But officer candidate school. Close enough. Close enough. I promise. I'm so sorry. Actually, <laughs> no, it's interesting. No, no. <laughs> my husband actually works. Um, my, one, my husband in, in supply chain management, and he okay. services the Navy. So that's as close okay. as I get. No, no, no. I, I support our military, but that's as close as I get to it. <laughs> no, no, it's good. <laughs> so, what was it like going to law school? Um, following that. So it definitely gave me a, a great mindset. I thought because OCS. I mean, it's just so mentally, physically and you know, honestly, just spiritually demanding on you that my mindset was, I got through that, I'm a Marine now, I can do anything. And it definitely set me up to have the discipline, the communication and leadership skills to get by in law school. I think the, the biggest struggle for people going to law school, especially for people that have never been to professional school or coming straight out of undergrad is the discipline. You know, having the ability to go to class all day, to study then, to outline, to read the cases, but at the same time, still have a personal life, you know, make sure you're going for a run, working out, spending time with friends. I mean, you really have to be well balanced. And it's just like being in the real world a little bit. I mean, law school is a little different. Obviously, jobs are usually more demanding. But law school is closer in my mind to the real world than undergraduate. You know, I look back at undergraduate, you think you're busy, but in reality, <laughs> it's, it, it's nothing, you know, I mean, compared to law school, it's nothing. So that's the biggest thing that the Marine Corps gave me is, is those soft skills that I think really set you up well to succeed in law school. And can you speak a little bit um, to JAG Corps? And, I, and again, this is something I should probably be more familiar with, but maybe you can educate me. No, because no. a lot of my students who have had no experience in the military want to go into JAG Corps. And then students who have had experience in the military want to go into JAG Corps. Could you explain what JAG Corps is and, and, and what you think the best path to that is? Yes, ma'am. So the three branches that technically have a JAG Corps are Army, Navy, and Air Force, and, and Coast Guard does as well. Wait, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you and say that JAG stands for? Judge Advocate General. Right. And did you ever see A Few Good Men? I'm sure you did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so people always say, oh, you're like Tom Cruise. And I go, no, actually, I have friends that are like Tom Cruise. I'm like Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon <laughs> was a Marine Judge Advocate. Right. Um, so Marine Judge Advocates are a little unique. We're still lawyers. We still do you know, most of the same things that all the other JAG attorneys do in the other branches. But we're unique because all Marine officers have basically the same underlying training. So as a Marine officer, it doesn't matter what contract you are, infantry or a ground contract, law contract, we all go through OCS unless you go to the Naval Academy. They're kind of a separate issue. So you go to OCS and that's three months long of training. Then we go to the basic school and that's six months of training. So that's all combat oriented and every Marine officer has to go through that. So that's where you learn basic tactician skills, how to lead a rifle platoon of Marines if you find yourself in combat, 
like I said, it's all geared towards combat operations and the operational tempo of the Marine Corps. After that is when you go to your specialty school. So in my case, as a judge advocate, it's Naval Justice School, and that's about two, two and a half months long. So the Marine Corps, the, the model is every Marine is a rifleman, and that's your first job. I mean, you mm -hmm. are expected to be able to handle yourself if you find yourself in combat. Again, as a Marine judge advocate, that's not expected. You're gonna be doing a lot of legal stuff, but as a Marine, you are supposed to be physically and mentally trained to have the ability if you ever were to find yourself in that situation. So there are some differences, but I, I can only say this is that I think all the branches offer wonderful opportunities and for anyone out there looking, I always tell people, look at all the branches, go meet with all the recruiters, talk to people in each branch because you have no idea what you'll like. You know, some people that say, oh, I would never join the Marine Corps. And then they hear about it and, you know, watch a movie, go talk to a recruiter. And they're like, oh, wow, I'm, you know, I'm very motivated. I'd love to be a Marine and vice versa. So, you know, all the branches offer very unique opportunities and uh, are obviously all great and to serve our country in any capacity is wonderful. Um, I just, my grandfather was in the Marine Corps, so it was a pretty easy decision for me. And do you, once you join the JAG Corps, is there a time commitment? I mean, I, you've already, your school's been paid for. They didn't pay for your school. So do you, do you sign up for a certain amount of time? So the Marine Corps actually does not pay for your schooling. I, right. I, That's I, what I mean. You pay for yourself. Yeah. Right. Yes, ma'am. So some of the other branches, I believe the Air Force does pay. And then don't quote me on the Army and Navy. I think they offer some package. I know the Army offers some sort of package. The Navy, I believe, offers no money, kind of like the Marine Corps. Um, but my contract for the Marine Corps is five years. I've been on reserve most of the time, like I said, because I was in law school. And the Marine Corps has a program where if you get a clerkship, whether it's a state clerkship or federal clerkship, they will give you one year to clerk for that judge and leave you on reserve status and then bring you back on active duty. And this, this situation for me just worked out because the Marine Corps was kind of backed up with mm -hmm. you know, getting Marines uh, to the basic school. And this was a great opportunity to clerk for a, a wonderful federal judge. So it was a win-win for both of us. That's wonderful. It's amazing. But I guess I'm more, I'm curious about the students who are not in the military and then want to be in the JAG Corps once they graduate. Because I've had a few students not be in the military at all. Right. They pay for their own education. And then the recruiters come on campus and they sign up for the JAG Corps. And I know I have one student, her name is Karen Berger, and she's probably been out for 15 years. I think she's still in the JAG Corps. But, but I guess I'm wondering, is there a certain amount of time that you're, once you're accepted, are you committed for a certain amount of time? So I believe the average contract for the branches is four years. I have a buddy of mine that he was not in the military. He was recruited his second year of law school, and then mm -hmm. he did the internship with the Army, and then he was selected his 3L year, and now he is actually at training for the Army to become an officer and a, a JAG officer. So my understanding is it's usually a four to five year commitment similar to the Marine Corps. Okay, like that makes sense. That's it. I mean, and actually that's good. You know what, once you're in, it's good to have yeah. um, a commitment. And so now, and you're a recent graduate, we're gonna switch gears for a little bit. Okay. And um, you've been very successful. What advice would you give to 1Ls, 2Ls, 3Ls about the law school experience? I would say try to distinguish yourself. And there are a lot of wonderful schools out there, a lot of people at the top of their class. So by just getting good grades and going to a great law school, you're not going to distinguish yourself. I mean, it's just, it's not possible. There's a bunch of people that go to Harvard Law, a bunch of people on Law Review, people that do well, et cetera you know, find opportunities that make yourself distinct. I did the DC externship program through the University of Alabama. I worked at the Pentagon. That was something that my judge brought up in my interview. 
Um, so just seeking out opportunities, you know, find a professor that you love to work with and, you know, become an editor for them for a law review article. You know, although that's not maybe as unique as other things, again, it's just another feather in your cap to distinguish yourself. You're building a relationship with a professor. It's going to be a great letter of recommendation. Whereas if you get an A minus in an evidence class, that's wonderful. But is the professor only going to be able to put on their letter of recommendation? Hey, this person got an A minus. They're obviously pretty smart. That's great. But if you go extern for a federal judge, if you go work in DC for a semester, if you study abroad and you can put that into a cover letter later in life, I mean, all these little things that you build up, it's kind of like a piggy bank. And every time you're putting in these experiences and opportunities, it's just gonna distinguish yourself even more. And what I've learned is grades are important, obviously, but by no means was I at the top of my class, but the Marine Corps background helped me, my job at the Pentagon, I've had a lot of great writing experience. I've worked for a lot of great professionals and mentors. And those were the things that made me, I, in my mind, stand out on applications. So if, if I could give one piece of advice, just make yourself distinguished and seek out opportunities and say yes. A lot of law students are afraid to say yes. They think, oh, I, you know, I, don't, I can't do that. I was 24 years old when I was working at the Pentagon. Do you think I had any idea? <laughs> I mean, honestly, when they told me I was hired, I was like, I think there was a mistake here. But say yes and figure it out later. You're in law school, you're smart enough, you'll, you have the confidence. Just, you know, I, it's very cliche, but fake it till you make it, get in there and get the job done. So, okay, first, fabulous analogy. It's like a piggy bank, love that. And secondly, you are so right because um, when I write letters of recommendation and I write them all the time, mm -hmm. the best letters of recommendations are ones where I can give an anecdote. Right. So I remember when the student came to my office and we talked about X, or I remember in class when they raised the issue of Y. And I think that that really makes for a better letter of recommendation. And the other thing about just say yes, is that you never know, and you're a living proof of this, when you're going to connect with someone. The first person I hired had coincidentally been a... Um, a junior ice skater and I was you know not I was you know a junior ice skater not Olympic ice skater but you know <laughs> I, I did ice skate and that was our connection and 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 it led to a deeper conversation and she, I ended up hiring her I mean she was a good law student but but it just kind of there was a connection and I think that as between two if you have that great connection and it's also a hook to get you in for the interview absolutely I mean that's the hard once you get your foot into an interview I think for any job but especially for clerkships that's the hardest thing because you know hundreds and thousands of applications are reviewed but if you can get into the interviews with 10 or 15 other people that's where you can really shine and if you have a connection with a judge you know whether it's baseball sports or fishing or, or you know reading whatever it is you're spending t almost you know tw 10 12 hours a day with this person in very small chambers and they want to be able to connect with you, have a conversation about stuff other than the law. I mean, yes, they're your mentor and your boss, but they also become like family. And they right. don't want someone that can't have a conversation except about constitutional law, which is great. Right. And you should right. have an interest in that. But it's okay to put your guard down and talk about the Yankees game or talk about a new book you buy. And so they really want to have a connection with that person. And those people are out there, obviously. You can be smart, but you can also still be personable. It's not, you know, one or the other type deal. Right. I agree fully. I always tell everyone just, you know, read at least the headlines of the newspaper every day. Now, right. Not just, not just, you know, not the politics, but, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the um, human interest stuff. Just it'll give you something to always talk about. Absolutely. No, it's a way, again, to just connect with people and stay informed. Right. What other advice do you have for law students? Anything else? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, if you're in law school, 
I would say take advantage of, and I, I guess I already alluded to this, but take advantage of the opportunities that law school gives you. You have all these office hours offered by professors. You have professors that have done incredible things that are great mentors. And I feel like one thing I noticed is that law students are very, I can't think of the right word, but they like to do things on their own. And there's nothing wrong with that. You should be a self-starter. You should study, you know, if you study on your own, that's fine. If you work hard by yourself, that's great. But it also takes teamwork to succeed in this world. It really does. And your professors are teammates. They wanna help you. They have worked at big law firms. They have clerked for federal judges. They have worked in DC or whatever it is you wanna do. And if they haven't, your alumni services or your professors will find someone. And I can't tell you, when I was applying to, to clerk for a federal judge, I had professors calling people, reaching out to them, texting me, texting others, because they knew me and they wanted to help me. So build those relationships with your professors, one, because they're wonderful people, but also a secondary benefit, again, is later in life, whether it's when you graduate or 20 years down the road, if you keep up those relationships, and it's okay to reach out and ask for help. You don't have to do it all on your own. So just be okay with asking others for help, and don't worry, you'll be able to repay it tenfold at some point in your life. Exactly. That's, that's a very good point. And, and it, you know, it does take a village and, and you should ask for help. I'm always amazed when students, you know, um, we have something at our school called Dean Scholars and the Dean Scholars are kind of student teaching assistants. Mm -hmm. And someone asked me about a Dean Scholar, I said, ask me the question. You know, I'm, I'm paid a lot of money and it's not just to be in front of you two hours twice a week. Right. Um, <laughs> I have another question that's going to put you on the spot. Last question. Okay. If you were to do something differently in law school, what would you do differently? Hmm. I think one L year, I would have done more outlining on my own. I think I relied on other people's outlines because I thought I can merge my notes and do that. I think that there is value in outlining your own. Um, and that's just something I learned, I think, a little bit later in my career. And if, if that's you, that's okay. You know, make those adjustments. We're always learning. But yeah, I, I think that outlining your own taking your own notes, which, which I did, but really focusing on that because part of the process of outlining, you're going to be learning as well. So uh, that would be the one thing I think I would change. You know, I agree. I mean, the outlining to me is the learning. So right. I think that that's a really good point. Wonderful. This is terrific. Anything else you want to add? I think that's it. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm thrilled to speak with you. You really, you are a role model and you're terrific. Can students reach out to you by email if they want to have a little advice? Please. And I've got a personal website, stephenarango.com. They can contact me there. I'm always happy to help people. I would not be where I am today without a bunch of mentors. So you never bother me, I promise. And always happy to help. Terrific. And we'll put that on our website. Thank you again, Stephen, for joining us. Thank you, ma'am. You have a good night. You too. So that's my discussion with Officer Stephen Arango. Hope you enjoyed it. I really do suggest that you reach out to him. He is terrific. And check out his bio. There's a link to it on our website. Once again, a reminder, if you're listening to this, chances are you're thinking about taking a bar review course. Kaplan will give you $100 off their bar prep class. Go to captest.com and plug in the code Leslie100. And again, as always, please like us or subscribe to us. That feedback always helps. That's it for this week. See you next week on Law Effect.